the Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 49. I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptised, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five, five in a household will be divided, three against two, and two against three. They will be divided father against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain. And so it happens. And when you see in the south wind blows, blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat. And it happens. You hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky. But why do you not know how to interpret the present time? This is the gospel of Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our Lord and Redeemer. Please be seated, make yourselves comfortable. Now I promise I'll try and get this over and done with in half an hour. You're all smiling, you don't believe me, do you? You only hear the things that you want to hear. Now, when Neil and I were bringing up our children, it was something I said quite a lot. Because they were really good at hearing what they wanted to hear. If I said to them, which never really happened, but this is a good example, if you mow the lawn, you can have an ice cream, all they heard was ice cream. Wouldn't you? Or I'd say, take your dirty clothes down to the washing. And yet from their rooms the next morning there would be yells just before school. Mum, why don't I have any clean underwear? Mum, where's my blazer? Where's my socks? That was usually from Neil. It's not true for all of us. Isn't it true for all of us that we hear what we want to hear? I tell you that selective hearing is alive and well in our home. I blame it on my hearing aids not working, and Neil, well, he blames me. He's trying to hide behind there. It's very lucky that I love him so much. Selecting hearing, though, is also an issue with the church. You surprised about that? I was reading an author, Juan Carlos Ortiz, who says that most of the Christians in the 21st century fail to read the fifth gospel. The fifth gospel? You thought there were only four, didn't you? 
Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. But this gentleman suggests that there's a fifth, and we're going to have a look at that in a minute. How many of you, and I asked this question at 8 o'clock, and it was just wonderful to see faces change when I asked this question. How many of you mark your Bible with a um, highlighter or a pen or hands up? Oh, a few more. And I think some of you are going, I wouldn't dare do that. <laughs> okay, this guy suggests that you look at those, those pieces that you've highlighted and underlined, but if you're not a highlighter of text, can you tell me what is the first Bible, le- uh, Bible text you learnt in Sunday school? Anyone? God is love. Absolutely. Think of all those little verses that you've learnt during your life that are stuck up here. For God so loved the world. I am with you always. Nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. You know, all those verses that you could recite in a dark room blindfolded and know that they come back to you at times of stress and unhappiness. Those are all there in the fourth gospel, or one of the gospels, printed in black and white. The fifth, then, is this. It's all the verses you don't underline or don't keep up here. The ones that you don't circle or don't highlight. Those are the fifth gospel. Now, what's she talking about, you're saying? I want a cup of tea. What I'm talking about is all the difficult sayings of Jesus, the ones we don't like. I dare to say that you have probably never underlined or learnt the verse that says, I wish that you were hot or cold, but because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Or Luke 3.11 If you want to be my disciple, whoever has two coats must give one to the person who has none, and the same with food. Those are some of the verses from the fifth gospel. Is it not true that we just like to hear the nice ones? Can you and I just ignore the other verses in the gospels? Often in the world, we're really good at pricking verses out of the Bible and using them to win arguments or justify what we think. I suggest we cannot ignore the fifth gospel. We cannot. Not if we want to know the sort of people to be the sort of people or know how we can be the sort of people Jesus has called us to be. Those verses from Luke this morning, are perhaps some of the most troubling of all the hard sayings of Jesus. For do they not describe a Jesus that we don't really think about? Do we ever really think about an angry Jesus? No, Jesus is a God of love. But Jesus says, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
I have come to divide mother against daughter and father against son. All along we've thought that that Jesus brought people together. All this time we've thought his purpose was peace. You remember the reading that we sing at Christmas. He should be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Then how can Jesus stand there in this Gospel reading this morning and say that he's come to bring division and conflict and he's going to be wielding this great big sharp sword? It's one of those hard, hard sayings of Jesus. And why did he say it? Let's look at that. Those were the days when Christianity was radically new. People were despised for following Jesus. If a Jew converted to Christianity, his family had a funeral for him. And he was disowned. If a person came to be a disciple of Jesus, they were considered the enemy and a bounty was placed on their head. You know, they could have merely gone along with the crowd and a relative peace would have prevailed. But when they came to faith in Jesus, their convictions were proclaimed and their past life was erased forever. There was a massive tension And my family, when I became a Christian, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you getting up to go to church every Sunday? You see, the hard saying of Jesus is only hard because they call us to live by our convictions, to walk the walk, as well as to talk the talk. We cannot just hear what we want to hear. We cannot only pay lip service to the good bits of being a Christian. We cannot live a good Christian life only on a Sunday. What are we doing on Monday to further the kingdom? Whom are we following as we in the church do so much talking and trying to get our own way? that the ways of Christ are forgotten? How is it that we think that money and money alone can save the church? That sitting here on a Sunday can cure the world? Remember, as Christians, we are called not just to love the ones we think we can love. We are called to love everyone. We cannot serve only those that we want to serve. We cannot put our faith in a drawer and then take it out and dust it off when it suits us. As Dedrick Bonhoeffer said, there is a cost to this discipleship. And it's a huge cost. If we wanted to live in peace in the world, we ought to enthusiastically go out those doors, lock them, and unapologetically embrace the values of the world. Because I tell you what, it's far easier. You know, that's fine. Enjoy, do that. Enjoy what the world has to offer. But I guarantee that when you're getting near the end of your life, 
I doubt that the world and all its beautiful sparkly goodies out there will not be comforting to you as you face the final moments before eternity and you stand before your Saviour. So what are we to do? If inner peace is at all important, we ought to take the road less travelled. The road where we stop and listen to that quiet, still voice of Jesus and follow it. You must know what it, that it might cost you some friends. It might affect your family. But a different sort of peace will be yours. I must admit and be honest in saying, I'm preaching to myself today. I always preach to myself. I don't want all of this for you. I want it for me, and I want it for you. I could hold all this together and say, I'll do it. But how about we all do it together? So I'm going to suggest something. I'm going to give you permission Get out your coloured pens, and if you haven't got some coloured pens, go and buy some. Get out your Bibles, into the Gospels, and start colouring your life in your new fifth Gospel. How about that? How often do you get given permission to go and draw over your Bible? But not only colour in, but do some of the things that you are highlighting. May God grant us courage to follow him and bring the peace that comes from him. Thanks be to God. Let us pray for the church and for the world as we give thanks for God's goodness. Let's bring before him those things in which we need his power and his blessing. When I lead with the words, Lord, hear us, please respond with, Lord, hear our prayer. Universal God, we give thanks for your world and all the blessings that it provides. We acknowledge that too often we despoil your world. We pollute and misuse its resources without thought for the needs and rights of those around us and those who will follow us. Help us to accept the reality of climate change, that erratic weather and receding glaciers and the eroding coastline down at the Titi Point. If these things are real, and with us now. We pray especially for the people of the small island nations of the South Pacific and for their leaders as they currently meet to work on solutions to the hazards of rising sea levels. And we pray that those of us who are wealthier and more powerful will be moved to help them in whatever way we can. Lord, hear us. Lord, hear our prayer. Loving God, we pray for our community of Timaru and South Canterbury. And at this time we give thanks for all those who have offered their services as community leaders 
in forthcoming local government elections. Help us to be aware of our duty to vote in those elections, of our duty to be informed about the things we need to vote about, our duty to be informed about the views of the people who have offered their services. And we pray that we may offer good citizenship at this time. Lord, hear us. Lord, hear our prayer. God, our Father, we pray for our church and our parish. We give thanks for the services of Sue and the other clergy who have agreed to help maintain our Sunday worship over the next few months. We give thanks especially for Heather's willingness to take on so many tasks. We pray that we can visibly support her in all that she does. We pray for our wardens and nominators as they look ahead to the ultimate appointment of a new bishop. And today we pray especially for Bishop Peter as he presides at the confirmation service this afternoon. Be with Danielle and Elizabeth as they make this important step in their journey of faith and help us to support them. Lord, hear us. Lord, hear our prayer. Compassionate God, be near all those for whom the bleakness of winter is a difficult time. Those in homes where heating is difficult or expensive. Those with winter ills and chills, some unable to afford the medication that might help them. Help those people to see that the hope of spring is there as the days start to lengthen and the flowers emerge. In the silence, let's bring before God all those whom personally we know who have a special need at this time, be they anxious, depressed, lonely, sick, bereaved, or suffering any other kind of personal distress. Lord, hear us. Lord, hear our prayer. And in personal prayer, let's pray for the understanding that Sue has reminded us of, especially our need to understand God's word, to understand that fifth gospel, and to truly and earnestly seek to believe 
and follow the guidance that it gives us. Bring together our prayers from using the words of the prayer on the back page of the few sheets. We pray together. Gracious God, you have given us the wonderful gift of your Son. Help us to grow in love and become true disciples that we may in turn bring new disciples to you and grow your church in this place through Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Thank you, John and team. This goes to show that we can have beautiful music without full choir stalls. Our gospel hymn, sorry, our offertory hymn, let's try that one. Offertory hymn number 311, Lord Jesus Christ, you have come to us. <laughs> 